Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Steel Santa. How are you feeling about Steel Santa so far? I like it a lot. It makes me feel powerful and giving. (laughs) Yeah, it's fair. So two great qualities, aren't they? And they're two qualities that I associate with you, Jordan. Thank you. If I'm looking for... If I'm looking for a handout, <laughs> coming straight to you. Yeah. And I'm, if I'm a handout looking, with a firm handshake. If I'm looking for raw power. Right. I'm also coming any kind of power, political power, mm-hmm. sexual power. Sure. Um, those are two main kinds of power. Yeah. And then like bee pollen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll give you a nice boost. I like steel. Steel Santa is fun. I like that it's. Um, I like that it's a an adult theme. Sure. Um, and by an adult theme, I mean like a sexual, again, Sure, sexual. yeah, again, going back to a, a sexual yeah. theme. Yeah. Like a real SpectraVision kind of <laughs> quality to it. <laughs> real hotel room jerk-off um, kind of quality. I mean, to some extent, I'd say maybe, what about maybe a video music box? Oh, like yeah. A, like a rap video with naked chicks in it? <laughs> What's that? That's that's the video music box. This is like a thing. Uh, this is like a famous. It was like a a semi pay per view channel hmm. that I think started in New York. Maybe it was also available other places. But it was the place where you could watch rap videos when MTV didn't show rap videos, and then it became the place where you could watch rap videos with swears and nudity. Oh, when you couldn't watch them anywhere else. Who who would make videos for this? Mainstream rap artists? Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. I mean, not like pop rap artists necessarily, but definitely mainstream rap artists hmm. would have videos with significant amounts of nudity in them. Well, terrific. I know, right? I'm... You know something you would watch in hotels? I mean, depends on the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't think, I don't think anybody in the Ritz-Carlton was watching it. Courtyard by Marriott. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> A nice Radisson. Don't watch any goddamn thing at the Radisson. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no standards over there at the Radisson. <laughs> One room, people are watching My Little Pony. Yeah. Next room, people are watching Video Music Box. Sure. Next room, Faces of Death <laughs> yeah. on VHS. It's just a broad spectrum. It's a fucking Radisson. Speaking of watching things, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you followed through on our deal, but I watched Entrapment. I forgot what our deal was. Well, our deal was that I would watch Entrapment and you would watch that other movie. What was it called, Brian? Outside, Outside Providence. Providence. See, now here's the thing. You presented this deal to me last week. Fait accompli. I did not agree to this. That's number sure. one. Number two, you... You implicitly agreed by uh, staying in the room. Initially, initially your offer mm-hmm. was that you would watch Outside Providence, well, which we, you had brought should, up. Should we bring in our guests Let's and explain bring our this guest whole thing? into the program. Okay. okay, so our guest is a, a stand-up comedian. We definitely need a third person for this. <laughs> yes. A stand-up comedian, a uh, radio host, mm-hmm. podcasting celebrity. Uh, he's now also an author. I'm going to say a best-selling author. Do I know that's true? No, I don't, but he's nodding yes. Yes, it is true. Uh, his his new book is called uh, Your Country's Just Not, not, just not That Into You. His name Jimmy Dore. Jimmy, welcome back to the program. Oh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, fellas. Uh, 
Yes, this has been a fascinating conversation. I, I needed to get in on it. Yeah. <laughs> I could see you over there. You were like, steam was coming out of your ears. Like, oh, I got to get in on this. Uh, Jimmy, so what's been going on is that uh, Jesse and I both have movie trailers from our childhood that we really remember to movies that we haven't seen. But for some reason, the trailers have stuck in our mind. Really? Yes. Uh, that so is unbelievable. <laughs> in, in Jordan's case, it's the movie Outside Providence, where a uh, northeastern version, uh, uh, New England Alec Baldwin, says something about both people in a sex getting their rocks off. Sure. He says, uh, sex is like Chinese food. It's not over till you both get your cookies. For some reason, that joke has stuck with me for now, years and years. Is that a Fairly Brother movie? Outside Providence? Uh, a movie called that? I don't think it's. I, I, don't, I don't know. That I don't might know. be the Fairly Brothers relatively serious movie. I think it was. Yes. I, I, I believe that. Okay. Yeah. We, we got a thumbs up on Sounds that. Sounds like their kind of humor, that joke. Sure. Written, written by Ri- they did not direct the film, but they did write the film. Write the film. Oh, there okay. you go. Okay. Uh, and Jesse has the movie Entrapment. Uh Specifically, a part where Catherine Zeta Jones in a skin tight outfit goes underneath oh, a laser. I, I remember that trailer. <laughs> ah, <Yeah. laughs> it's a very memorable trailer. No, I, that is unbelievable that I remember that trailer. Yes. Who could forget that? <laughs> yeah, unforgettable. That was certainly the height of my attraction to her. I, I propose that, you know, these are trailers that have stuck with us. We should both watch the movies and report back. Jesse did not want to watch. Entrapment. Oh, really? Well, here's the thing. For fear of home boners. Here's the thing. (laughs) I don't have a lot of opportunities to to enjoy a film. Mm -hmm. Being is that I have have two small children. Oh. And my lifestyle, and I have a demanding work life, Mm -hmm. my lifestyle simply doesn't accommodate a lot of extracurricular film viewing. I hear you. So Can you watch it in 10-minute chunks? You could have. Maybe. Well, I could have watched one particular 10-minute show, <laughs> <laughs> assuming yes. the wife wasn't home. Sure. Yes. <laughs> you know what's funny, Jesse, is uh, I, I feel the same way as you. I don't have time to watch movies, yet uh, last night I found myself watching Lost in America for the fourth time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Lost in America, yeah, if you're gonna a, watch... that's time well spent. Yeah, if yeah. you're going to re-watch a movie. I mean, it was on. For no so it was yeah. on cable. I still have cable. I'm one of those guys. Sure. And uh, I was. it was on, and my wife and I just started watching. Before I know it, we're 45 minutes in. I'm like, I guess we're going to watch this, huh? <laughs> it was great. Yeah. There's that also that great scene where Julie Haggerty goes underneath that laser beam. <laughs> 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 she is cut. Julie she Haggerty. is cut in that movie. Yeah. That, I I think that, Jordan, I think you sunk the whole deal. Okay. When you said- Well, I, then I proposed- I had to watch the earnest B-minus drama. Uh-huh. But you didn't, I, than, you didn't want to watch. I suggested we watch well, our own movies. Well, you didn't give me a choice. Then you, you said you say, would you prefer to watch Entrapment- what, given I the just, choice, I, I don't watching, think that's how it went down. I do not think this is how it went down at all. Giving a choice, given a choice between watching an earnest B minus mainstream middle of the road drama yeah. and an earnest B minus mainstream <laughs> middle of the road thriller starring yeah. Catherine Zeta Jones, I'm going to go with Catherine Zeta Jones. Okay. Every I time. thought I was doing you a favor. I was prepared to watch Outside Providence. You, it makes the one, most sense. I don't think you were trying. You were doing me a favor. Sure. I think you thought it would be fun to watch Entrapment, but probably not that fun to watch Outside Providence. I was pro- absolutely prepared to watch Outside Providence. I thought you thought there would I what what I got was okay. that you didn't want to watch Entrapment because you're worried that the wife would think you were ogling. Okay, here I propose a compromise. Okay. You already watched Entrapment. Yeah. 
next week. I bought the DVD from Half.com, so I can bring it in and you can also watch it. <laughs> here's, here's my proposal. Yeah. <laughs> you, last week you mm-hmm. watched Outside Providence. This Wait. Last week you watched Entrapment. Yeah. This week you watch Outside Providence. Uh-huh. I will watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> Just like with the episode that comes out that week? Yeah. Okay. Deal. What is Brooklyn Nine-Nine? It's a sitcom on Fox. It's really good. Oh. It's very fun. Very fun okay. sitcom. Anyway, we've talked longer about the deal than we did about uh, – the conversation we had about the deal is longer than the conversation we should have had about the movie, which is very, very boring. Oh, okay. did you yeah. see Outside Providence? I you did not. Did no, I see. I saw Entrapment. Oh. And it's, uh, it's a real snooze. It's a tough, this is a tough story to follow. Yeah, I know. What about the part – now, is there a part? Yeah. Qu- quick question. Point of order. Sure. Is there a part where Catherine Zeta-Jones climbs through some lasers? Here's the deal. So the part you see in the trailer where she's climbing underneath the lasers is part of her training montage. Yes. Um, so she is actually in the trailer, the part you see where she is slinking sexually – She's actually going under a red string that they set up yes. in Sean Connery's um, art mansion to train for the heist. Yes. The cat suit she is wearing during the actual heist is not, not. skin tight. It's actually kind of loose and baggy. Yeah, it's a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah, yeah. It's not as um, – I know. I know. That, that, yeah, that, that, uh, that trailer got me to the movie. That was for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, was... so you went to the theater to see this Oh, movie. yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I don't know. When did that come out? 40 years ago? I don't remember when it came out. But... Yeah, I think 1964. <laughs> Why, yeah. Y2K is a plot point. Ah, if that, hold uh... on. Hold on. I'm thinking of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. <laughs> awesome. That has that part where, you know, Sidney Poitier he, is going through those lasers. underneath those laser beams. Oh, yeah. It was so really dignified. So digni- yeah, lots of dignity. <laughs> so dignified. <laughs> 1999, 1999 is when Entrapment came out. I would have guessed 1996. Okay. That would have been my guess. 15 years old is yeah. what I would have guessed I had, would have been. But 1999, that's 18. That, that still makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's still right in there. I'm still living in my mom's house. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> so I'm wait. Sorry. So there's no – so does later in the movie, does she still go through lasers? She may be – she does – Yeah, but, the, do, but she's not wearing that outfit. Yeah, she's wearing this kind of, you know – it looks like it is a cat suit, but made for a more Rubenesque woman. It looks like she maybe <laughs> also has some cottage cheese in there for later. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe J Lo could uh, make that fill that out a little bit better. Yeah, could have been J Lo. Like, listen, we cast J Lo. There was a scheduling conflict. Yeah. We already have the cat suit. Yeah. There will be some room in the ass. Yes, that's right. I saw Out of Sight. I think that was the movie J Lo did, didn't she? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, she looked fantastic in that. Uh, if J Lo, can I just tell you? The only movie I've ever seen with J-Lo in it mm-hmm. is Out of Sight. And as far as I'm concerned, J-Lo is a great actress. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Because she is totally great I have the same of, I have the same opinion, and I've seen Out of Sight and Anaconda. So. <laughs> I've seen both those movies. <laughs> yeah. And I don't. Danger is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. John Voight's accent in that is one what of the worst, craziest things in the world. I, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what kind of accent that was supposed to be. but Yeah. There, that was a running joke when I was in high school. It was my my friends and I would come up behind one another and whisper in each other's ear, there is something in the water. <laughs> you French or you Bulgarian? And he's like, are you a German in Brazil? What are you doing? Danger is exciting. <laughs> Catherine Zeta. I am a foreign man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's right. From another country. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Getting back to entrapment. Sure. Um, what kind of sexy stuff does Sean Connery do? 
Uh, not much. He glowers. He double crosses. Oh, both of those sound sexy coming from Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. So the thing in the movie is that they are, they are art thieves who team up for a series of heists. What are their specialties? Mm, art thieving. Okay. And bu- why, why buying did... the equipment necessary to steal art. Why do they need to team up? Hard to say. Okay. For a reason. Uh, right. Yeah. They uh, they need to steal a mask, an ancient mask from the MacGuffin dynasty. <laughs> um, and, oh, there's also a great one of those scenes that I don't know if – it's in a lot of movies, but I don't know if it's based in real life where – there's a big party at a museum to see the new art thing. Uh-huh. I'd love to go to one of those I if those exist. I would love to go to one of those parties, too. Jimmy, like, have you ever been to a... I've never been to a museum party, no. My biggest concern, I think, would be if I went to one of those parties, what if the Joker's goons showed up? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, is, think, yeah, it, that, was, that was one of my favorite episodes when I was a kid of Batman, to Joker's goons. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they team up, uh, double-cross each other several different times. Uh, and the whole thing is that everybody is warning them against getting involved with each other. Mm-hmm. Ving Rhames also in this movie. If that sure, if that dates why it. wouldn't he? It's nineteen ninety nine. They got the the whole cast of those uh, those Radio Shack commercials. <laughs> um, so people are always warning them, like, "Hey, don't get involved. Like, this is just business, right? You know, don't fall in love." They talk about nothing but heisting. Like, they never have a moment. There's no chemistry between them at all. But for some reason, everybody else is concerned that they're going to, you know, fall in love. Well, Catherine Zeta-Jones is 32. Sure. And Sean Connery is 72. <laughs> he has an eternal tree person. <laughs> That's, uh, she's a little too old for him in Hollywood years. I yeah, think. yeah, sure. Yeah. She's an old crone. She, he, Sean Connery may literally be older than Michael Douglas. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's nothing particularly wrong with the movie. It's just kind of a snooze. Um you know, cat suit doesn't fit great. Yeah. She still looks lovely in it. She's a beautiful woman. She'd look lovely in a, you know, a burlap sack, but... Is she good at acting? Uh, she was fine in this movie. Nobody, okay. yeah, didn't stick out as being... Can I tell you what I kind of liked? Hmm. Uh, that Coen Brothers movie with her and uh, Clooney? Yeah. Where they're making... kind of a hoop. They're spitting zingers at each other? Sure. In the screwball comedy fashion? Mm-hmm. What was that movie? Intolerable Cruelty, I want to say. Is that right? Uh, Is that the right name? That is it. Uh, Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. it. Didn't see it. Very sad. I've seen every movie you guys have been talking about up until this point. Yeah. It's a lesser comedy. It's amazing. Anaconda. Yeah, yeah. Anaconda, for Christ's sake. (laughs) And I don't see movies, and I saw that goddamn movie. How did you come to see Anaconda? Were you just just in Sheboygan doing a weekend, and that was was what was in the theater? I was a young boy in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't have much to do. Mm -hmm. And that's when I used to go see movies during the day all the time. And uh, a bunch of us went. I think Paul F. Tompkins, and we used to go watch horrible movies for fun. And that was one of the funnest ones we've seen. Yeah, that was, that was, oh my gosh. (laughs) That was like a spot on. That was perfect. Of if you were trying to do a parody of a bad movie like that, like that was it. That yeah, was, it was laugh out loud funny. John Voight gets vomited up by the snake and winks at the camera. What? Yes, yes that happens in the movie. Who's the rapper that's in that movie? Uh, Ice Cube. Ice Cube is in that. Ice Cube's pretty good in it. No, he's great. You know what? Fucking Ice Cube is great at being an actor. Sure. <laughs> Anytime anyone complain, you know, there was a little thing going on in Hollywood where real actors would complain about rappers getting roles. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, oh, but fucking Ice Cube is pretty great. Yeah, he's like the funniest part about those Jump Street movies. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny. I always like when a guy like that comes along and proves to you that acting class is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that either you have talent or you don't. I think Ice Cube is using a lot of sense memory. <laughs> I think so. I think he was. <laughs> sense memory. You know, I actually have the same approach to J-Lo uh, uh, that I have with Ice Cube and Marky Mark. Mm-hmm. I saw Three Kings a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Fucking... Uh, Three Kings is a wonderful, amazing movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've never seen any of the movies that Marky Mark is famous for being bad in. Mm-hmm. I've only seen the ones that he's super good in. Yeah. So, like, if I watch that M. Night Shyamalan movie where he plays <laughs> a scientist, happening. then it might ruin Marky Mark for me forever. But as it stands, I think Marky Mark's fucking tremendous <laughs> and a great actor. Same thing with Ice Cube. Like, saw him in Three Kings, thought he was spectacular. Mar- Marky Mark has a warmth. About him, and his, especially he in that movie, like, he's like, "Hey, buddy, how you doing, man? No, don't try to kill everybody. Be nice." Yeah. Like that's kind of that's how I. He's like your big brother who's gonna. It's okay. I'm. A, I'll call the lawyer. and We'll fix it. Yeah, and also he'll he'll <laughs> he's not afraid to beat somebody up for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. I had a lot of older brothers, which kept me um, safe, but also comes across as easy to trick. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. He's guileless. You just trick he him. He plays guileless uh, very well. He must yeah. be guileful because he's such a successful producer, right? Like he's a, a made an entourage and some sure. other popular television programs, I think. Yeah, I'm always, I was, I'm always surprised. I, I feel like I don't remember this every time, but his like name is at the end of every Boardwalk Empire. You know what's funny is how much uh, – did you guys like that uh, – uh, what was the show he just produced on HBO? He just mentioned it. What was it called? Border Empire. Empire. No, the one before. That. Entourage. <laughs> yeah, Entourage. that one. Do you guys watch that? Did you watch it? I watched it twice. I watched it once. I had a, I hated I had a, it. I had a roommate who uh, who was into it for a while. So I've maybe seen five or six, and they're they're pretty reprehensible. I, I could tell. <laughs> I could tell that every one of those people were acting every second of the show. Yeah, but I can't. That's the word. I, have, I, I never heard an acceptable like reason for why people like Entourage. I can't believe why that that, that was um, sh- that was popular. Yeah, show. I, mean, I like and even the- to warrant a movie that might be coming out. You I, know, so weird. There's I mean, two reasons I think why uh-huh. people like Entourage. Oh, okay. And I don't. I don't mean to be. Rude about it. Sure. Number one reason I think people like Entourage is because they aspire to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. Ah. Number two is reason is that they enjoy being contemptuous of assholery, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't realize that they're just feeding it. Sure. Right. That's the that's the basic reasons. Yeah. I. You know. I. I. That. The people that I know, because I know there's a, I mean, this roommate that I had liked it and was not an asshole, was a, was a, a lovely person. Uh, but yeah, I just have a couple of like friends around who are like, you know, TV people. Like, I love TV, you know, I, and who just like Entourage and I, they've tried to explain it, but it seems so circular. It's like someone trying to explain Scientology to you. Well, it feels good. It's like, it's, so, it's such a complicated explanation. You zone out midway through. <laughs> it feels good to hear you say this because I, yeah. I've never talked about this with anyone outside my house. Sure. <laughs> and uh, this is the first good. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I I'm glad all, this has been, this is a healing. This, this is, has been this a balm for you. I have some real good closure I'm getting on, yeah, yeah. Uh, about Entourage on this episode. Right yeah. Well, I think there's a certain, there's a certain pleasure that can be gained from in a low in a completely no stakes way which mm-hmm. is to say watching a television show sure uh living like how one would live if one was <clears throat> an unselfconscious king of the world dick sure you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that's the impression that i get as would be the appeal of the show is that the characters on the show 
things substantially work out well for them mm-hmm. because they're kind of king of the world type dudes mm-hmm. who have been given a lot, right? Yeah. And it could be enjoyable to sort of try try on that coat for a while. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think the show is completely unselfconscious. I think if you ask Mark Wahlberg or these guys dicks, he would say yes. Sure. Right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So but at the same time it's Yeah, like I don't think I don't of, think you're you know, supposed to think they're cool. Right. Necessarily. Yeah. But I, it still kind of makes me feel a little sick in the pit of my stomach. Yeah, it's tough. Well, you know, it's something that I thought pulled off that tone really, really well, that check out these dicks tone. Uh, I thought Wolf of Wall Street was just great and like a great, you know, it is just a movie of dicks being the world's biggest dicks. But it even kind of seemed to have a point, you know, the point was, hey, look at these dicks. Oh, they can ruin the country. Like, you know, that, you know, kind of made it a, you know, kind of a, have a little bit of a horror movie aspect to it, you know? But I thought that was really good and well done. So I think check out these dicks can be done. I don't know. Just nothing seemed fun about Entourage. They actually did ruin the country. Right, yeah. They actually kind of did ruin <laughs> the country. It was a real-life horror movie. It was sure. a reality show, but it turned out to be a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. I have felt – I've been feeling that way. I'm only four or five what episodes way? in. Uh, like, like I should become a hedge fund manager. <laughs> yeah. No. Like uh, I've been feeling that way uh, about uh, the show Transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I really, I really think it's an excellent show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it, but um, it basically it's about uh, a father who is who is transgendered mm-hmm. is a woman, and his kids are kind of rich Los Angeles blithe hipster mm-hmm. dipshits. Sure. Um, you know, one is sort of the mom version of that. One is sort of the dude who who's like a, a little bit too old to work at a record label version sure. of that. One is the sort of aimless younger one version of that. And I, what I think it does in a really nice way is it lets them do dumb stuff and act like dicks um, without – either celebrating them for it or condemning them for it, but just sort of like letting them be human beings that do dumb stuff and act sure. like dicks, which is such a rare thing that it's that a show doesn't just telegraph either either like we're supposed to ride with these people and celebrate everything they do sure. or the reverse of that, which is to say we're supposed to just think these people are reprehensible. And that impresses me very much about that particular program. Uh, so yeah, you know, like, like I could probably say that's the reason that I enjoy uh, that I still enjoy girls because yeah. it's a, does a good job of like you know just having a kind of person being kind of honest about it and you know, but sometimes they're a total dick. Yeah. Well, that's dick talk. <laughs> Jesse, go. We'll be back Television's in just a second. Biggest dicks. We'll be back in just a second with more. Hey everybody, I'm Emily. And I'm Lisa. We co-host Baby Geniuses every other Monday on Maximum Fun. We interview comedians, musicians, cartoonists, circus clowns, and experts in the field of... Vacations, the afterlife, pool, recipes, self-improvement, fashion, candy, beach boys, girls, turtles, plot twists, women dating, fitness, presidents, hair removal, conflict resolution, Santa, meditation, babies, modern dinosaurs, bullying, crop circles, the Beatles, middle-aged men, experts, teens, life hacking, rhyming, baby talk, personal organization, the name Dexter, Frasier, extreme eating, groceries, being a best friend, movement, jam, art education, America's Funniest Home Videos, stockbroking, spooky stories, genealogy, riddles, Pinterest, IT, magic, revenge, mothering, dogs, ayahuasca, Hollywood legends, street racing, fitting in, celebrity 
Celebrity Sex, The Occult, Personal Training, The Ocean, Dennis the Menace, Modern Poetry, Sugar Gliders, Jimmy Buffett, Franks, The Tonight Show with Gun, Johnny Carson, Mountain Dew, Theme Park Safety, Dinner, bu- dinner Parties, Butterflies, Raccoons, Pasta Chase, and Bob Dylan. Join us every other Monday! Yay! It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the voice of the millennial generation. Jordan Morris, Steel Santa. I'm Jackpot Jimmy. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good one. Jackpot Jimmy. That is a really good one. If you're wondering, by the way, Jimmy Dore, he's here in studio despite the fact that he's under the weather. He just recorded his hour-long special and lost his voice completely. The man just says, look, I'm just going to put a lozenge in my mouth and get through this. Get through this nightmare with these two assholes. (laughs) I kind of enjoyed the effect of uh, my voice. A little Wolfman Jackie, how you doing? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, so it makes me feel good. But, like, I don't usually sound like this, so. Do you think you could, could do us just perform for us a quick rendition of Boom Boom by John Lee Hooker? <laughs> boom, 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 boom. There you go. See? He was great. Wow, Jimmy wow, Dore, wow. ladies and gentlemen. Jack <laughs> blues, Bond, Jimmy. Blues legend Jimmy Dore. Jimmy, I feel like I haven't talked to you about – so you've been doing – for the last couple of years, you've been doing a show called The Jimmy Dore Show yes. on KPFK here in Los Angeles, which is the local uh, Pacifica it's, affiliate. Yes, and they also it also airs on you know across the country on a few other shows. I mean oh. on other stations. And, and it's on BAI, which is still on the air in New York, which is nice. So WBAI – I have a friend who has a show on WBAI. WBAI is the New York affiliate of the Pacifica Network. This is the oldest FM radio network in the country, uh, the oldest non-commercial radio network in the country, um, it dedicated uh, initially towards uh, towards specifically peace, which is why it's called the Pacifica Network. Correct. But now generally a sort of oriented towards whatever leftist politics, social justice, those issues. So WBAI, as as you might imagine, uh, this is a, they have wonderful stations, a lot of wonderful programming. Uh, maybe not the most efficient management. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a video. So I, I have a friend who has a show on WBAI in New York, a hip hop show, wonderful show. It was one of the first, uh, one of the first big hip hop radio shows, and um, he posted. So BAI has almost gone out of business a few times in the yes. last few years. Correct. Uh, despite having a radio signal in the largest city in America. Yes. And. Uh, mostly because of stuff that we probably remember from our days in community radio in Santa Cruz, <laughs> where everything is the Pacifica Network. Um, but he posted a video of a meeting at WBAI, and BAI has <laughs> oh, no. like BAI has like a you know it's like a democratic system. You know the people are super democratic. Yeah, too much democracy is a good, bad thing. Yes, <laughs> as it turns out. But what's if you want to host is, a show, you have to be holding the talking stick. This is like yeah. this is like a board meeting of WBAI where they're meeting to discuss, among other things, like one of the big problems at this station is that they've they've come they because of financial problems. They end up doing a lot of pledge driving, and their pledge driving has more and more become oriented towards snake oil <laughs> type stuff. Not exclusively. Some shows won't do it, but then it, my, my show does not do that. It brings in money consistently for this station that's on the rocks, and then they end up, you know, it's like the whatever supplements and weird stuff. 
so there's a lot of controversy at the station. They have this board meeting. And I watched this video of this board meeting. And what's amazing about it is there's – it's like ultra-democratic. Everyone is, you know, making a motion to do this and a motion to do that. Nobody's nobody's listening to anyone else. No. They're sort of yelling at each other, but also everyone is making a motion. Like everyone is mm-hmm. is is sort of adhering to the rules of order. Sure. But also yelling at each other. Right. But the best part is just there's just this huge dude pacing around the conference table holding a baseball bat. Wow. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Just just mad dogging everyone that's sitting at the table. <laughs> Wow, like like Robert De Niro and Capone. <laughs> just this, just this huge guy holding mm. a baseball, like a fifty-year-old man with a shaved head holding huh. a baseball bat. I guess I'm envisioning everyone with a gray ponytail. That's ru- well, roughly. I mean, you mm-hmm. got some people with afros. Okay, sure, sure, sure. But yeah, it's certainly predominantly gray ponytails. I mean, mm-hmm. we used to do. We used to, Jordan and I used to be on in our college radio station. We used to lead into a networked version of the KPFA news, KPFA being the right. Berkeley, Berkeley Pacifica mm-hmm. station. Right. And our our big taste of what it was like to be on a Pacifica station was that when KPFA's news would start late, which it did often, mm-hmm. not a disciplined start time, <clears throat> um, people would call us and yell at us ha. Uh, because they thought we were trying to censor the ah. KPFA news. <laughs> Funny. And the but some young Republicans have snuck on the air to ah. take down the uh, yeah. to take down the uh, lefty no, news. Yeah. No, ma'am, we're just waiting for them to start, ma'am. Ah. But I can only imagine that you doing like a satirical show. Your show is very satirical, very funny. Thank you. Um, and I, I can only imagine that you have like a broad swath of people who are listening to your program, getting it, on board, not weirdos, but then. Just a, a distinctive weirdo element. Oh no doubt we've made that we've made that element a uh, a character on the show, <laughs> and it's the world's most offended listener. Sure, and they always call in. They're always offended at something, and they don't have to be anywhere. I, were you they were were you at the comedy club when Daniel Tosh made the rape? No, I wasn't. But and what you're using is proximity bias. Just because I wasn't there doesn't mean I can't be offended. <laughs> so there are things like that, and uh, they go through the uh, archives of KPFK's uh, old shows, and they'll call in saying, you know, I was listening to this com- so-called comedian, Henny Youngman, and he told me <laughs> to take my wife, and I was offended. I'm not going to sure. take his wife. That She's a person. you know. So Well, I mean, and in marriage, is such a patriarchal institution. Yeah. So it is, so we do get that element. Like, uh, Also, I like to make fun of religion on my show, all, all of them. And uh, so if I'm making fun of uh, the uh, Hold Pope, on. Are you doing a Zoroastrianism material? Uh, yes, we have done that. Yes, okay, we good. Have. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. As long as the Zoroastrians get what's coming yeah, to them. Sure. But we'll always get Take the, those Baha'is down a peg, huh? We'll always get the call saying, oh, you don't have the guts to make fun of the Muslims. And if we're making fun of Muslims, oh, you would never say that about the Jews. And if we're doing that, you'd never say that. So we always get that. But the thing I like is I was coming into the station the other day, and it was during a pledge drive, and there was a old lady who worked at the pledge drive came up to me and said uh, oh you're Jimmy Dore I said yes she said you know um, I listened to your show and I know you bleep the swear words but I can still tell what words they are (laughs) (laughs) so she wants to be more confused by the show she wants the show to be more confusing I was like I I really don't I can't help you I don't know what to do so is her solution to like bleep 
the two words in front and behind it, too? Maybe. I have to take the context out so she can understand what I'm swearing about. Right. We once had a – early on in our career doing The Sound of Young America, the show that preceded both this one and my current NPR show, Bullseye, um, we had a woman call in who was a DJ on our station that we worked on. Mm -hmm. Um, Her name was Kleesha, the folk goddess. And she said she called in to the on-air number, which we had not given out on the air. We weren't taking calls at the time, but she knew it because she was a host on the station. Oh, okay. She called into the studio, which was just a direct line. There's no producer's booth at right. our station, right? So right. we pick just up the phone. Just a handset that rings. Yeah. yeah. We pick up the phone to answer the phone. And she says, is this the sound of Young America, which was the name of our show at the time. I said, I said yes, this is the sound of Young America. And she said, this is Kleesha, the folk goddess. This show represents everything that's wrong with KZSC. <laughs> Your show? <Yes>. Yay. <laughs> Your show? Our show. <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't a we're listener back then, but I can't imagine Probably that interviewing a... Matt Besser or something, you know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Your show? Our show. Did she just hang up after that or did she want to like hash it out on no, air? No, she just like hung up on us. Wow. wow. And then I saw her like at a meeting. I'm like, huh? Wait, what's the deal? Mm-hmm. Leisha the folk goddess? And, and she didn't say anything? She just mad dogged us. Yeah. A lot well, of you know, mad dogging. I will going say, on. though, sure. for all its, you know, there certainly are draw, you know, for, you got to take the pluses with the minuses, right? Cause right. Because there's certainly a lot of drawback. They take zero corporate money, like zero. Yeah. Right? So they, they don't have underwriters. Right. You know, so, which is just commercials. But uh, so, yeah, so they don't take any of that money. So consequently, you have a lot of infighting. You have different factions of, you know, there's the certain different kinds of le- lefties, just like there's different, there's libertarians, there's republicans, there's all different. Right. So, so there's all kinds of people. But I get to say whatever the hell I want on the air. No one ever says anything <laughs> about, and the more offensive it is, the better. And, you know, that was, that's the station that had the famous George Carlin 13 word or seven words you can't say on TV. Right. That went to the Supreme Court because of Pacifica. So, and they now refer to it as the Carlin Rules. FCC does. So, anyway, so it's kind of, it is a great place for, for, in a lot of ways. And I'm, you know, it's nice to be surrounded by like-minded lefties, uh, even if though some of them might be, you know, uh, talking about mermaids. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> about how mermaids are real. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but well, how of... mermaids are pulling the levers of America's government. Oh, oh no right. Sure. Sure. No, yeah. no doubt about. It. But there's a lot of great shows it's over the mermaid those... lobby. Yeah. Or well, merman against mermaid sexism sure yeah (laughs) merman privilege (laughs) but i think but a mermaid can't swim down the bearing straight without getting fish called so yeah it doesn't really work i've been lucky to find that i I feel lucky that i found uh, kpfk in pacifica because i i don't think i would have been able to do my show anywhere else and then i found i bumped into a jank uger bumped in i was invited to do the show there with the Young Turks online. And so they're the largest online news show. They put three billion views. And uh, we're also very simpatico, like-minded. They enjoy my irreverence. Their crowd enjoys it. And that's why people turn to the internet for news because you go on, you know, corporate news is ridiculous, you know. You you go dumber after watching CNN. I'm literally (laughs) dumber. Same thing with Brian Williams. They're not informing people anymore. And uh, I'd love to go off on a 20-minute rant about that right now if I could. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy, We've brought you here to offer your thoughts on corporate news. <laughs> we're taking a we, we're taking a hard left turn here on Jordan Jesse Go sure. away from dick jokes and towards <laughs> towards media mass criticism media commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Next week's guest Bob Garfield from On the Media. <laughs> Speaking of dick jokes, they have a thing now. Did you, I just saw a commercial for this on the internet? Yes, a woman takes a vibrator, inserts it. 
and then her husband or her play, her lover can be in a remote area and control it. Like that's a thing. Sure. Have, yeah. have you guys heard about this? I have heard about this. Yeah. Yes. And there's like commercials for it now. And then there's also commercials for a guy to use a fleshlight. I'm like, you guys don't need commercials for this shit. It's like <laughs> commercials for pot. You don't need a commercial yeah. for a fleshlight. You know, I saw a really like stylish commercial for a fleshlight. Yeah, um, I saw that. I, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it was so, oh, you know what? Okay, this wasn't exactly a fleshlight. This was a this was a glove. And the glove had various textures on it. And each finger of the glove had a different thing that could be used for stimulation. Really? So this is like – was wow. this for interpersonal yeah. or intrapersonal? Uh, yes and yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Either way. Some of the things on the end of the fingers, I'm like, oh, I get what that's for. Like that's for, you know, working the taint. Sure. But oh. some of the things I did not know what they were for. Oh. <laughs> One of them was just a toothbrush. Even yeah, it even eclipsed my <laughs> boundless sexual knowledge. Um, yeah. One of them was a simulation of a cat's barbed penis. <laughs> right, exactly for catnip. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. Then there's just a, a wine opener if you want to pour yourself a nice, <laughs> a nice glass of wine while you oh, jerk it. A gla- nice glass of red wine. Who do- who doesn't think that enhances any sexual experience? Get you. Uh, Jesse, I'm gonna ahead, I'm gonna go ahead and correct you there. It's actually you have white wine with masturbation. Oh, <laughs> red wine with meat with steak. Sorry, I, I'm not a sommelier. That's okay. No, that's okay. I'm not a sensual it's a, sommelier. It's a reasonable gaffe, to which make. is a new thing in Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> wait, what is it called? Sensual, sensual sommelier. sommelier. What are they? They pair wines with sexual experiences. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, good job, Jesse. Thank you. <laughs> is that, that's, that's a real thing? Mm, no. Okay. But it is now. But if it was, I don't think any of us would go. That's No, I would. That, I, that guarantee, I guarantee that a Jordan Jesse Go listener in either Brooklyn or Portland mm-hmm. just got a business idea. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Yeah, they're abandoning their $8 toast store right now. Yeah. I can't believe that isn't already a thing. Like, that sounds like a thing. Should be yeah, definitely. sure. I don't know how sex, a physical activity would change the taste of wine, because wine and food and all that. Well, this this person, this sensual sommelier, um, I'm guessing would be full of shit. Right. So this would be a yeah. fake thing. Yeah. A person who's tricking you. No, a regular sommelier is not full of shit. You might be. Have you ever? Yeah. You might be. I've known a few. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a wine. I mean, I like a glass of wine, but I don't know I'll tell you why this, it's Jordan. different from another glass of wine. I'll tell you this. Thank you. I is, I'm not a drinker, so I don't mm-hmm. have personal experience. But I have interviewed Mary Roach about her book, Gulp, mm-hmm. which is all, all about adventures on the alimentary canal, mm-hmm. going from taste to poops. Sure. And uh, Mary- Listen at home, Jesse pointed to his butt when he said poops. <laughs> and to my mouth when I said taste. Yeah, it's less funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Mary did this thing where she went, who bass guest on Jordan mm-hmm. Jesse, go wonderful science writer, super funny, super brilliant lady. She, uh, she did this thing where she went to a tasting panel for olive oil. Mm-hmm. And she tasted the olive oil, and she could not taste the difference between the olive oils. Uh, but there were other people who could taste the difference between the olive oils, and they were consistent in doing so. It is a skill that is that is developed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in other words, while on the aggregate, nobody can tell the difference between wines except sure. maybe red versus white. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, if you develop the skill, it is actually real. Okay. I know, there, that makes sense to me. You know, I don't like wine, but there, uh, it's only because I think I've – Always had bad wine. Every once in a while, I'll get it. My wife will say, "You got to try this," and I go, "Oh, that is. I like that." Mm-hmm. But, but it's no heroin. 
It is nori. <laughs> yeah. But I do like to have a, an, a dry Asahi beer with sushi. Oh, sure. nice. Some, that is some, nice. Something about it, a dry beer with sushi is fantastic. Think, um, can I back, back to this jerk-off glove, please? Just please. Oh, wow. <laughs> I insist. No, my po- I think my point was um, that the commercial for this thing was really well done. You know, they had a voiceover, yes. but it was not creepy. Yeah. It was just a normal guy talking about this jerk-off club. <laughs> Fun for every, you know, just a normal dude that I could relate to. Yeah. Maybe somebody I, you know, that would be on yeah. my kickball team. Wait, yeah. So when you say a normal guy, uh-huh. you're not talking about a guy's guy. No, no, this is a, you know. It wasn't one of these situations like, hey, are you guys into jerking off? It was not, you know, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, no, it was definitely not that guy. It was okay. not the Spike TV announcer. Okay. So it's just I don't, like, you know, when John Krasinski does those uh, car insurance commercials? Sure. He, he's just, hey. Yeah. You can fucking trust John Krasinski. Yes. Hey, I know this stuff is confusing. I'm John Krasinski. You know, yeah. I'm just like you. Like, this guy seemed like a guy like me, you know, from a no. similar socioeconomic background. Now, isn't there – I see – to me, I see a big problem with normalizing that kind of sexual sex. I mean yeah. that, I, that should exist and I don't want to shame anyone mm-hmm. for it. But there should be some shame involved in sex for it. So it's to be – Because that gives it a kick. <laughs> that gives it a, that's not even a – yes, that's Makes you blast harder is what you're saying. <laughs> no doubt. I mean it's <laughs> – I mean if it wasn't a little dirty or wrong sure. or whatever, it would take all the goddamn fun out of it. Yeah. You need it for the zip. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, Although I – Although that toothbrush thing will give you a little zip. Yeah. <laughs> the toothbrush on the pinky. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, well, I was going to say that this this well done commercial mm. made me consider getting a male sex toy. Maybe not that complicated, you know, the complicated Wolverine glove. Like I don't think I need. What you do know. you think you need? So it has claws on it. Yeah, yes, yeah. They're made of adamantium. Okay. Yeah, exactly. What would you? I don't know. I I mean, I probably won't. Do you think Wolverine's real superpower is his <laughs> being able to time? being able to work the tape? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best there is at what I do, and that's work the taint, Bob. I, I have adamantium bones and adamantium waist boners. <laughs> uh, gross. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I would go through with it. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty good at masturbating. I don't want to brag, guys, but right. but it definitely like you made, put in your ten thousand hours. But the production values of this thing, yeah, I, I Malcolm Gladwell that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so um I yeah it made me consider it in a way that I never had because of the good production values of this commercial <laughs> was my point right because so. it it doesn't feel like you have to go into a creepy sex store sure in order to do it it's something that that is just for regular joes like you me and John Krasinski yeah exactly you know what I'll tell you why John Krasinski's special hmm because he's like you or me He's like a version of you or me that's friends with George Clooney. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know how we all like to imagine that mm-hmm. in the right context, we could be friends with George Clooney? John Krasinski's already done it. He made the movie Leatherheads. <laughs> so we can all project ourselves into a situation where we're pals with Clooney. It's, I don't think – I think it's – you have to have quite an ego to project yourself into the shoes of George Clooney. Yeah. But we can imagine ourselves- I feel like I would fuck it up. Like I would fuck up George Clooney if I got to possess him for a couple days. Sure. But you, but you could probably imagine yourself being John Krasinski or Richard Kine. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, I saw – when I was uh, when I was in New York, I saw Richard Kind on the street. There you go. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know where he was going. What kind of sex toys do you think Richard Kine is? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so uh, – but to your – to your uh, – the thing you were talking about, Jimmy, the remote-controlled 
uh, lady stimulator. Um, is I now I've seen a thing that it comes with an underwear. And you put it in the front pocket of an underwear and it vibrates? Is this the thing? No, this was a different thing. It's like it was small and then it slipped inside. It's, it looked like kind of like a uh, a, ups, a U but turn it on its side. Mm-hmm. And then a it's, C? Yeah, a C, I guess. It would <laughs> <Yeah>. be a C. <laughs> a sideways U? <laughs> That's um, damn it. See, I, I conceal how dumb I am pretty good except <laughs> until that moment. Yeah, so that was that. I just, And then I saw one for the Fletchlight, which was, again, the production values are friend. You think you're watching a regular commercial. Sure. And you're like, what the F did I just watch? <laughs> I feel like I recognize that voice. Is that Donald Sutherland? Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think Matthew McConaughey needs to do a, a sex toy commercial to go along with his Lincoln commercial. He's just driving in his Lincoln at night. Yeah. <laughs> he just grabs and slips. Um, but, you know, I think, at, you know, with the remote-controlled partner diddler. Right. I mean, you got, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if you're, you're a married guy. Jerry, I'm married, but we, sure. We've, we've, you know. Been married for four years. I think, you know, something, something guys got to learn is that ladies appreciate it. Appreciate. Just during the day. If you send them a little something to say, I'm thinking about you. Uh-huh. Right. Just that text. Just, you know, hi. How's Edible it going? arrangement. Sure. Exactly. Ate a sandwich. Thought you would have liked it. We'll get the sandwich soon, honey. I love you. Yeah, sure. What if you could you're, do that? You're a, you're a regular Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. If I've got a schlubby friend who gets a little tongue-tied around women, <laughs> tell her you want to eat the sandwich soon. So this are, these are your tips on how to get a woman hot? Well, I mean, I'm just saying that like this is like a sexual version of the sandwich. thinking about your text. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's okay. like a sexual sandwich. Yeah. Like, think about if that, you know, just wanted to say hi text was uh, vibrated on your uh, an area. Yeah, and your kibbles and bits. Sure. Sure. I like that. Yeah. Well, Jordan, I want to say thank you. That's not just on my own behalf. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's on behalf of Jimmy Dore. Yeah. yeah. That's on behalf of Brian Fernandez. Sure. Correct. That's on behalf of the tens of thousands of people across this great country who listen to Jordan Jesse go every week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's going to be a lot of girlfriends and boyfriends out there who get a text about sandwiches. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're saving relationships. Yeah. You are. Listen, if you make a sandwich, if you eat a sandwich that makes you think of your partner, tell them. Don't keep it a secret. Mm, Say how you feel. Something with a a nice, like, toast with pate. Hey, sure. Some arugula. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just a hard salami. Hard salami on country white, you know? Why would anyone eat a soft salami when they get a hard salami? Don't know. Don't know. That I don't mean that as a sex thing, but it works either way. <laughs> Is there any other kind of salami than the hard salami? Yeah, a soft salami. There must be a soft salami. It's not salami, as good. Right? It's like a bologna, but it's not nearly as good Is there really a, a thing salami. called soft salami? Yes. Okay. Did, well, I mean, I don't know. Is it called soft salami? Or is it called bologna? There's a type of salami that's not hard salami. Oh, no kidding. I did not know this. It's not any good. Oh, okay. I mean, it's okay. It's not. That's why it didn't it's catch It's not on. any good compared to hard salami. The whole point of salami is that you're getting the extra tang from the aging process and the, uh-huh. the putrefaction of the meat. <laughs> <laughs> the meat's not pickling itself. Sure. And dehydrating, hanging from a pole in an Italian delicatessen. It's not a real salami. What's the point of eating it? I'm with you on that one, buddy. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Steel Santa. 
Jackpot Jimmy. Is this nickname have a source or it's just about uh, yesterday I was doing a, the Young Turks news show and uh, somebody recommended a nickname for me. It's Jackpot Jimmy. And I was like, I like that. What a fucking good nickname. Do you have a natural sense of luck? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, I do. I believe that people uh, like me and want to do things for <clears throat> me and it <laughs> always works out that way. I noticed that you were wearing that horseshoe around your neck. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a, it's a sideways seat. Well, <laughs> <laughs> your wife will send you periodic horseshoe vibrations to yes. rub your neck, just That's to correct. say I'm thinking of you. There's a sandwich waiting when you get home. Jordan, I think we got something up on the jumbotron this week. We do. <clears throat> Kurgo. Kurgo makes products that make it easier to travel with your dog. From car seat covers to crash tested harnesses, we have everything you need to go together. Visit. Kurgo stores, K U R G O S T O R E dot com slash JJ Go for 20% off your order. Oh, isn't that lovely? This is something that came up on Judge John Hodgman a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we had a case about a woman who drove with her dog on her lap who said, No, ma'am, do not do that. It's not safe for you, not safe for the dog. So here you go. She should probably go to Kurgo. Yeah. Thank you to Kurgo. If you want to get up on the Jumbotron, it's maximumfun.org slash Jumbotron. Hey, I've got something to mention. Let's hear it. Guess what happens the day after Thanksgiving, Jordan? I mean, it's Black Friday. You're, go- you're going to see Jimmy Dore tell jokes at Rooster Tea Feathers in San Jose? <laughs> Cock-a-doodle-doo, <laughs> but no. <laughs> Am I familiar with Rooster Tea Feathers? Yes. Okay. Isn't it like Sunnyvale or something? Yes, it isn't Sunnyvale. Sunnyvale. Correct. There you go. Um, Jordan, remember when you did that comedy contest at Rooster Tea Feathers? Yeah, I do. That was fun. It was a lot of fun. That was a long time ago now. We're old. Mm-hmm. Like 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. You guys hosted a comedy contest? Jordan performed in a comedy contest. Did oh, no kidding. Job. Oh, great. Fantastic. Did you keep doing it? Uh, I, I did stand up a little bit. I've kind of done it on and off, but oh, okay. uh, never never thought I got too good at it. Oh, so, okay. Didn't put in the time, I would say. 10, That's on me. Hours, That's on me. 10,000. Um, the day after Thanksgiving, Max Funcon tickets go on sale. What? Oh. Yeah. I Look. It's June twelfth through fourteenth, two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. I w- will never. I we we do not uh, announce the lineup until the springtime, uh, and usually by the time we announce the lineup, it is sold out. In fact, almost always. Mm-hmm. Uh, last couple of years, it sold out before the new year. Um, so if you want to get tickets, that's the time to get them. Go to maxfuncon.com. If you want to go right now, you can put your email in. We'll send you an email when they go on sale. Uh, but otherwise, uh, day after Thanksgiving, easy as pie. I will say I will be there. Jordan will be there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully Brian will be there. I don't know. We haven't talked about it yet. But George Clooney? If he's available. George Clooney may be there. Again, I have. I will not announce the lineup. We're trying to lure in Krasinski first. Mm. Yeah, well, at You least, get Krasinski, you get Clooney. At mm-hmm. least Richard Kind. Yeah. <laughs> um, so MaxFunCon.com is where to go for that. Uh, day after Thanksgiving. Because it's the fucking best thing. Max Funcon's great. It's it's a blast. It's totally a blast. Every single year, it's, it's never not a blast. Yeah. So maxfuncon.com. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Steel Santa. Jimmy Dore, Jackpot Jimmy. Jackpot Jimmy is a really solid nickname. It's a great nickname. That's going to go. That's going to become an all timer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my prediction. It's no explodo, but that's an unreasonable standard sure. to expect from <laughs> oh, people. Yeah. It's it's unreasonable. It's like saying about a movie, that's no anaconda. <laughs> 
It, well, you can't ask of people that they come in with the dignity of public radio host and celebrated literary novelist Kurt Anderson and then without prompting drop the actual childhood nickname <laughs> Explodo on us. Um, that's too much to ask because it's well, number it was, it's just too much to ask somebody to come in here and have as much dignity as Kurt Anderson. Few do. I mean, that's like you're he has top two percent dignity. Mm-hmm. He's in Sidney Poitier territory. territory. <laughs> yeah, love it when Kurt Anderson goes under those lasers too. Ooh. That is ah. Kurt Anderson is a bit of a silver fox. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I have uh, no dignity. I've, uh, I'm in show business. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm willing to do anything. You write a, you, if you had instead of writing a, instead of writing a, a funny book about politics, right. if you'd instead written a literary historical novel mm-hmm. um, about turn of the century, turn of the twentieth century New York, mm-hmm. um, then you could be attempting. To get to Kurt Anderson levels of dignity. Yeah, no, no. That, it, that sounds like a lot of work. It would help if you were friends with uh, Vanity Fair editor Graydon Carter. <laughs> I'm just throwing out a few. Do you think ideas. it's Kurt Anderson's voice on that Jackoff Glove commercial? <laughs> yeah, it probably. Is. It's probably why I wanted it so much. Yeah. Oh man. I would do a voice for a Jackoff Glove commercial. Oh, I would too. But Adam and Eve is out of the question. I don't want to do Adam and Eve. Well, I'm not against. It's not that I, I'm not against jackoff gloves. Oh. I just want a po- a positive, non creepy vibe. Oh. And in all my sex related things, I pref- I do not demand, but I prefer that it be lesbian owned. Mm-hmm. That's that's reasonable. I think when at it, least at least a sixty percent lesbian staff. Yeah. When it comes down to sexual equipment, mm-hmm. I trust the lesbian. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they got the right attitude. They got the right social position. They got – you know what I mean? That's the group that I'm turning to. Just throwing it out there. And, you know, probably in general. I mean, you know, uh, hard to make a sweeping generalization about an entire group of people. But likely to be crafty. Yeah. Exactly. Relatively likely. Mm -hmm. Relatively speaking. Not to paint with a broad brush. No. But if we could paint with some glitter glue, (laughs) we would say. Sure. Um, When something momentous happens to you, the Jordan Jesse Go listener, we have you call us at 206-984-4FUN, 206-984-4FUN, a number that frankly should be programmed into your mobile telephone. In fact, if it's not, program it in right now, 206-984-4FUN. For our segment, Momentous Occasions, some of you have called in. We've chosen the best among you to share here on our airwaves. Metaphorical airwaves, of course. This is a <laughs> podcast. Let's hear our first call. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. This is Peter calling from Seattle. Um, just calling in with a momentous occasion. I was at a Halloween party just last night, and I was standing in the bathroom line with two other folks, and uh, this girl in the line said, oh, we should all pee at the same time. Uh, I would speed things up and weird people out. And so thinking this was a joke, I kind of went along with it. But then the door opened, and she let us in. She kind of grabbed us by the arms and brought us into the bathroom, and she quickly claimed the toilet. Uh, the other gentleman claimed the sink, and so I was left to step into the bathtub and pee down the drain. And uh, once we finished, she had us all high-five, and then we all exited the bathroom at once. And that was one of the weirder things that's happened to me at any sort of social gathering. Uh, and the cherry on top is that this bathtub belongs to my ex-girlfriend's current boyfriend, who she started dating 
while I was out of state during our long-distance relationship. So being in that bathtub kind of felt like uh, a little bit of harmless vindication. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. Love the show. Bye. I feel pretty good about this. That was a roller coaster for me, but I think I'm coming out on the other side for everything that happened. Right. I was up and down about it. I'll you, be honest with you. You entered it neutral mm-hmm. because we always keep an open mind, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. That's one of the bedrock mm-hmm. principles of Jordan Jesse Go. No judgments here. Safe space. Yeah. No safe bias. Space. Absolutely not. We no, would... this is a no put down zone. <laughs> exactly. I thought for sure that was going to turn a little bit more sexual. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. You know, I kind of wanted it to by the end. Yeah, I thought she was going to have. Uh, she was. They were going to all use the toilet at the same time. You know, in in some way. Sure. That she was going to sit down, maybe spread her legs. And they were going to try and be super. You know, like snipers. No, sure. No, Jimmy. <laughs> toilet sniping. That's what I thought was going to happen. What did you think was going to happen, Jesse? Here's. <laughs> here's what I would ask of you. What? Just watch your tone. Because this show is distributed on the internet, and the last thing we want to do is cyberbully. Yeah. How, who did I bully just now? People who didn't engage in a three-way sexual peak. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Uh, we don't want to make them feel like they're less than because oh. they didn't engage in a three-way sexual pee contest. Yeah, let's oh. turn that carrot the other way around. Make it greater than. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was telling you what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds fun. I mean... I don't know. I mean, I guess you're the bigger man going to the boyfriend's house right. party. Right. I might say, I don't know how long ago this happened. It might seem like the wound's a little fresh and you should maybe let them have their space. Right. But, you know. Now that you're back in state. Now that you're back in state. Yeah. From out of state. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think this was this is a net positive for everybody. Good yeah, job. You know, what I like is this young woman mm-hmm. took charge of this situation. Sure. Said, this is a party. Let's party. Let's have some fun. Let's create a memorable moment. Let's get outside. Our... You know what? That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. I think if if right now we were to create a reality television show about party planners, mm-hmm. the number one, the number one <laughs> thing that would happen on our show is we would say, our party planning business... Jimmy Jordan jackpot parties. <laughs> jackpot jackpot parties industries, sure. Is a business that's about creating memorable moments. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you come into the garden and there's a giraffe there. Sure. Or whether it's for the first time three people pee in one bathroom with one toilet. <laughs> Those are memorable moments. That's what makes parties special. And I applaud this woman. For creating this memorable moment. And I want Are we reaching out to her to join the industry? To join Jackpot Industries? Yeah. Okay. I would love to. I mean, maybe just on like an affiliate level or something. Yeah, I mean, not as a full time. Well, look, we've got we've got Jimmy. Mm -hmm. He's sort of the brains and the political muscle in this operation. Yes. Definitely. Jordan, you're sort of like the you're like the wit. Mm -hmm. You're like the lighthearted wit. Sure. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm like – because I host an NPR program, I'm sort of the gravitas to some extent. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, because I own well, you a will. lot of suits, sure. I'm, I'm going to be client-facing. OK. What this team needs is a wild card. Yeah. And that's why I say we bring in this woman. She injects a little bit of her, her, her signature madness mm-hmm. into every party that we plan. So she might say, well, you know, what if at a certain time – 
you know, everybody gets party poppers. We all shoot off party poppers or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a wild card, obviously. Sure. I'm this is for her. Facing. Yeah, sure. I'm client facing. What we promise is there's going to be a wild card moment in every party that we plan. Yeah, I mean, sure. You could throw another party without Jackpot Industries. Right. Maybe you'll, you know, get some seasonal beers. Right. A cheese plate. Crudités. Sure. You know, something on a salt platter. Yeah. Everybody will sit around talking about, I don't know, how much they love cereal. Sure. Um, <laughs> when's Mad Men coming back? Remember Quisp. <laughs> What's Quisp? Cereal. Oh, yeah. That's you great. <laughs> Remember Whist? But That's a card game. But if you sign up with Jackpot Industries, mm-hmm. Jackpot Party Planning, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, maybe you'll all line up and punch one particular guy in the balls. Can I suggest a theme? Sure. For one of our parties? Urine and feces? Pinnacle. Oh. A popular card game. Sure. I guess maybe my mind is just stuck on card games mm-hmm. right now, but I'm thinking Pinnacle could be a good party theme. Do you think that's as memorable as uh, peeing in the same room as two other people, one of them female? If it's a really good game of Pinnacle. Okay. And it's 1938. Right. Pinnacle uh, requires its own set of cards. Am I correct on that? Or these really? regular playing cards? Does Pinnacle require its own set of cards? I'm pretty sure about that. Like I naked lady cards? Because <laughs> I, I wish. I remember when I was a young man and we would often go to play cards and we would go, oh, damn, I got a Pinnacle deck. And it oh. wouldn't work out. I think. We that, should explain that you were a young man in 1938. 1938. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Everyone would go to play cards. Like, well. We have a pinnacle deck. I guess we'll just have to chase yeah. a hoop with a stick, That's right. which is the other activity. Yeah. Or be, be it's a 48-card deck, see? Going to have to go run some rum. <laughs> yeah. 48-card deck. Die in a mine. Yeah. You know, my can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. My stepmother is from Belfast, Northern mm-hmm. Ireland. She is not – she's a younger woman. She's, uh, I would think, at this point in her early 50s, something like that. Um, and she grew up playing with a hoop and a stick. That's like a what is sig- the game? Is just trying to keep the hoop up for a long time. Yeah, is there you a like goal run down the street it? and you try and keep it from falling over. Sure. Um, and once a week you get to eat meat hmm. because of your hoop performance. Because of your poverty. Oh, okay. Mm. Nothing yeah. to do with your. No, no these are just the these are the two these things are the kind that of markers sure. of my stepmother's childhood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also sectarian violence. Sure. So those three things: once a week you get to eat meat because you're poor. Yeah. Uh, number two, hoops and sticks. Sure. Number three, sectarian violence. And then maybe for Christmas you get a third-hand copy of Ragged Dick to read. <laughs> <laughs> it's a popular book. Yeah. About sure. someone who transcends their sure their. Uh, social I'm strata. Gl- I'm glad that not only have we contributed a business idea to our listeners, the sensual sommelier, mm-hmm. but we've also created a dynamic business of our own. That's great. Let's hear another call. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. Um, I'm calling from Salt Lake City. My name is Casey. I have a, a little toy store that I own, and the other day, I'm in the store. I'm in the back of the store with this lady and we're looking for some pretend food for her son to pretend cook on his pretend stove and all of a sudden we hear this giant crash this big bang and we go running up to the front of the store and 
her son has jumped up on our train table and is stomping around like he's this little Godzilla destroying a little train town. And his mom looks at him and he's just stomping around and she yells, well, what's up? What's up? He's yelling, mom, 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 mom. She's yelling, hey, stop. What's up? He turns in this little kind of Michael Jackson pivot, just kind of puts his foot down and just spins around, locks eyes with us, just busts into the craziest Roger Rabbit, kind of Dougie, you know, he's just scooting around and starts yelling, we like to move it, move it. We like to move it, move it. We like to move it, move it. And he's just going crazy. He's dancing up there screaming this for like 20 seconds. We're all just stoned, just staring at him. And then all of a sudden, she runs over, grabs him, sets him down on the ground next to the train table, and he just goes right back to playing train like nothing happened. Everybody in the store is just like rolling on the ground, holding their sides, just cannot believe that this happened. It's the craziest thing. It's super busy. We're, we're having a sale, and uh, tons of people in there. Everybody has no idea what's going on, and this guy just goes right back to playing trains. We go right back to looking in the back. It was probably the craziest moment we've had in the store. Um, thought I'd share it with you because it was wild, and uh, I love the show, and uh, keep it up. Thanks. I mean, to say that that was the craziest thing to ever happen in the model train store, that's saying a lot. Because yeah. I, I bet that place goes fucking off. Yeah. This shit. You know what the, you know what the <clears throat> motto of his small toy store in Salt <clears throat> Lake City is? Turn down for what? <laughs> sure. <laughs> because the store is turned up. Sure. That's why. <laughs> um, I yeah. would like for all of our listeners to open their own small toy stores in mid-sized American cities. I, when he said toy store, uh, at first I thought he said cloister. <laughs> like, Don't you guys not talk? Why are you calling us? <laughs> One of my nuns was getting out of hand. Yeah. Those nuns can get pretty turned up. I would like to see. Uh, I would with like... their love of the Lord. Sure. I would like to see small toy stores in Nashville, mm-hmm. Knoxville, yep, uh, Columbus, Kansas City, KC, mm-hmm. absolutely KC, Austin, sure, maybe Bronxville, New York. Mm-hmm. It's just outside of New York City. Phoenix, no, too racist, uh, too hot. Okay, you're fine with the racism though. I would prefer – I mean the more racist the better when it comes to <laughs> toy stores. Oh, yeah. Um, where else? Madison. Yep. Salem, Oregon. Mm-hmm. I mean there's – if I went ahead and listed all the places in Idaho, I'd like to see our listeners have yeah, small I mean, toy we'd stores. Be we'd be here all night. Bozeman. Sure, Bozeman. Absolutely. Jimmy, where were you? <laughs> Do you want to name some places? <laughs> where would you like to have <laughs> here our listeners have some toy stores? Oh, uh, you know, it's about time somebody opened one up in Traverse City. Absolutely. So. Thank you. Thank you. Finally. This is why he he's on free speech radio. It's because he's not afraid mm-hmm. of the corporate fat cats. That's right. That would keep small toy stores out of Traverse City, mm-hmm. Michigan. Mm-hmm. That is correct. He doesn't think he doesn't think that just because there's been economic problems mm-hmm. in the Rust Belt mm-hmm. because of globalization. It's a right to work state now, Michigan. 
he thinks that they should open a small toy store in Traverse City, Correct. and it should be a union toy store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the international small toy store workers of the world. The I. A, it's a global union. S T S W W. Trains, gliders. They're known as the Wobblies, but not. To be confused with the international workers of the world, they're known sure. as the Wobblies because they sell tops. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Is> why. <laughs> tops do get pretty wobbly. They do. Especially when they're about to fall down. Oh, yeah. sure. I think we can all agree. And, of course, they also sell tops trading cards. Mm-hmm. Do sure. they sell weebles? Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. There's some why weebles. Not? Dungeons and Wobbly. Dungeons yeah, and Dragons handbooks. But they don't fall down. That's true. <laughs> Point <Yeah>. taken. <laughs> Point taken. Maybe you should get get your ass over to Traverse City. I've been there. What are there. you doing in the comedy industry? I know. It's just, you know. Show business is a bitch. Get no. him oh. in an industry that I w- if if I was to describe, if I was to use any phrase to describe running a small toy store in a mid-sized American town, it would be Easy Street. Oh. Get off the get Sorry. off the golden road of show business. Most people you don't have, need the headaches. They have different values down there. Yeah, oh, yeah. and they really value classic toys, model trains, uh, lassos, sure. hobby horses, sure. Dungeons and Dragons manuals, lassos. both advanced and regular. Is this a Western toy store? Like a child's lasso, you know? Child's lasso for for lassoing a child? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hog tying him. Yeah. I have a comedy lasso I got from Will Rogers. Oh, yeah, nice. sure. sure. It's not the same thing. In 1938, when yeah. you were a young right. man. Yeah, I was a young man in 1938, mm-hmm. and I have the Benjamin Button disease, but in reverse. Oh, okay. Right. So you get older <laughs> yeah. as time goes by. Yeah. Okay, right. interesting. It's, it's a wow. burden. It's a burden. You're so brave. Mm-hmm. 206-984-4FUN is the number to call us at JJGO at MaximumFun.org. We'll be back in just a second with more. Hi, I'm Julie Sabatier, host of Destination DIY. It's a show about people taking matters into their own hands, and we're really excited to be bringing it to Maximum Fun. You know, having that experience of I can do that makes me feel like I can almost do anything. Here at Destination DIY, we like to push the do-it-yourself envelope beyond crafts and home improvement. So tune in to hear the stories of makers, builders, inventors, and all kinds of creative people. You can essentially build a do-it-yourself space program today, and uh, now, luckily, I'm part of that. Check out Destination DIY at MaximumFun.org or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. La, 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 la. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Steel Santa. Jimmy Dore, Jackpot Jimmy. Best-selling author of your country's Just Not That Into You. Thank you very much. In bookstores and online now. 
Just go to JimmyDoor.com. JimmyDoorComedy.com. JimmyDoorComedy.com. You don't want to go to JimmyDoor.com no. unless you want your roof fixed. That's correct. <laughs> in Traverse City. Yes. That's that Jimmy Door. Yeah. That Jimmy Door It's is... Jimmy's Doors. Thank you. you now, you just <clears throat> taped your hour special. When's that? When, when so this we... is my third special. My first two are on Comedy Central. The last one was called Citizen Jimmy, and it was chosen Best of the Year by iTunes. And the reason I tell you that is because it turns out if I don't, fucking nobody will. Yeah. And... Um, and this, so the new one is for a new wave. Uh, they shoot a lot of specials, and uh, um, uh, I shot it last Friday at the El Portal Theater, and um, it was a it was I had a heckler at, at your special at a television thing. No, wow, you didn't. it was unbelievable. So I was I was doing a joke where I was talking about Occupy Wall Street, and I was actually being. S- Sarcastic, where I was pretending to not like them, but mm-hmm. I was actually supporting them. Sure. The joke is: Is there anything worse than a bunch of dirty degenerates making a perfectly valid point? <laughs> right. So that's the joke, right? So I do that joke, and I'm and I flubbed it a little, and I go, I want to do it again, and all of a sudden this guy starts telling you, "You suck, you suck, you're no George Carlin, fuck you, buddy." You no know George Carlin. And at first I thought it was you suck, filmmaker. You know Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah. I seriously thought it was one of my friends. I'm like, of course this is something sure. screwing around because I'm redoing a joke, and I look over, and it's not. It's just mm. some guy, and he had two cocktails with him. How do you get two cocktails into a TV taping? He had both fists. <laughs> and then, and I was like. Do you think he was just standing in line with martini glasses in his hands? I don't know how he did that. I don't know what. but uh, Or maybe one martini glass, one tumbler. Yeah, maybe. But he looked. The thing, the funny thing was, Jesse, is that he looked like. I, I just go, oh, Kapsar, you have to go. You know, I go, if this was a nightclub, I'd insult you. Everyone would laugh. And afterwards, you'd tell me you thought I was funny and you're sorry. But that's not going to happen tonight because we're doing a TV show. So you have to leave right now. I don't have time. And uh, he's like looking at me like he was shocked that he had to leave. He couldn't. I was like, what? Why do I have to? <laughs> Literally like, huh? Like looking around. And I was like, no, you have to go. It's costing everybody a lot of money to be here. You got to get out of here. I can't worry about this. He's like, I'm the pepper on the Jimmy Dore television special <laughs> steak. It was funny to me. Anyway, it, yeah. And normally it would, you know, it would, I would it would bug me, but it, that was kind of comical. So that so that's my big story about my hour special. That'll be out uh, coming out in the spring. And they do a great job. They shoot. They've been shooting a lot of comic yes. specials lately. They do a great job getting it on the, all the VOD platforms. You can usually yes. you can you can buy it online easily. Yes. You can watch it often on Netflix, yes. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, and they're going to have their. Uh, I guess they're going to have like their own button, like Netflix has on uh, Apple TV and stuff like that, coming out next year. There you go. So I'll I'll be I'll be on the lookout for that, Jordan. Me too. All right, I was. Uh, even though you're no George Carlin. Ha! And even though. <laughs> Honestly, Jimmy, if I was going to be honest with you, I'd say you represent everything that's wrong with KPM. <laughs> that's hilarious. I think I do. I think I do. Sure. <laughs> but you know what's funny, Mike? Let's talk about George Carlin is I became friends with – I was so afraid. You, know, you meet your heroes and it never goes how you th- – for me, it never goes how I want it. It was that way with me and Casper Weinberger. <laughs> oh, do you have me? I know. Oh, me too. Me, me with heroes. Cyrus Vance. Same yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, so I don't. So I, I remember I saw him right before he died uh, at the Comedy Magic Club, and I had never seen him in a club. I'd only seen him in big places. <clears throat> and there's something about a comedy club, like an intimate. I mean, you could feel his funny coming out through his bones. It was like nothing I'd ever experienced as by seeing him. And then the guy who ran the club asked me, "Because you want to come meet him?" And I was like, "No." I just, want to, I just want to enjoy him. I don't want to get to know him. I don't want him to say something mean to me. I, not that he would. You know what I mean? Or I wouldn't misinterpret or anything. Every, every story I've ever heard, he's the nicest guy in the world. And he's my hero. And I just wanted to keep him that way. Right. And I did. So, And now I'm friends with his daughter, Kelly. And she, 
she couldn't be nicer, and she like shows me his stuff, his writings. Like she was showing all this stuff that she had discovered, and that there's letters in there from Jerry Seinfeld to him. I was, I was like, it was, so, it was just like going through. Uh, this time capsule that was just amazing to me. It really meant a lot to me. The letter from Jerry Seinfeld says, Dear George, Honestly, I'm not crazy about your comedy. Too much content. (laughs) (laughs) More fluff. Have you tried doing a joke that has zero content? (laughs) (laughs) I'm super good at it. It comes out pretty funny when I do it. You know, there. You know, uh, Jerry Seinfeld's always been one of my favorite, all-time favorite comics. You know, I, I was always drawn to people like George Carlin because I grew up repressed uh, religiously. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a very big uh, epiphany, a big cathartic thing when I first heard him. And so he's always been my favorite uh, up there with Bill Hicks and everybody. But Jerry Seinfeld also. There's something about how he gets frustrated at the mundane things in life that are just, I don't know, you also need that to be released. And I, that's why – and everything Jerry Seinfeld's ever said about comedy has been 100 percent right. I know other people disagree with me, but I think – I just love that guy. And I think – so it's funny. I, I could like someone like George Carlin deeply and totally be drawn to someone like Jerry Seinfeld. Well, Jerry Seinfeld, I mean I, I've watched uh, all of the episodes of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. I think the criticisms sometimes level the comedians in cars getting coffee. Like maybe it could use some content mm-hmm. or a little less B-roll of coffee being made <laughs> or, you know, those kinds of things are reasonable. But what I love about the show, and I really enjoy the show, uh, what I love about the show is Jerry Seinfeld sort of demonstrating that his mind – can instantaneously transform any topic in the world into a pretty much perfectly rendered <laughs> bit of observational comedy, just like at the drop of a hat. And also maybe it doesn't have any interest in anything else. <laughs> like maybe he's putting on a big show on Comedians and Cars doing coffee and not a small show, which is what it seems like. But it seems like if you were just – if you were at a funeral with Jerry Seinfeld – and he would be just making perfectly observed <laughs> jokes top. about the pews or something. Yeah, exactly. Like any, you like you could just point to any f- object in the room <laughs> at the funeral. You could be at the funeral of a president of the United States, <laughs> and he would be like, "What's the deal with morning dress? Sure, striped you know, pants." <laughs> you know, he recently gave an interview where he said that he considers himself to be art- autistic. Uh, he said, "If it's hmm. if it's a spectrum, he goes, I'm definitely on it." I didn't. So that's maybe where all that comes from, right? I feel, that, I, you can. I feel like you can see that, and I don't mean to say that he's a bad person when I say this. Mm-hmm. But when you watch the show, you can. I I feel like, and this is me projecting on a heavily edited thing that I've only watched a total of whatever there's been ten hours of, right? Okay. But I feel like he's just completely disinterested in other human beings, <laughs> like not incapable of conversing with them or unpleasant or rude or whatever, but just sort of like, yeah, don't care about that. Care about making perfect jokes. <laughs> well, that's that's how I felt about a lot of late night talk show hosts, right? That yeah. They have the perfect personality to be stand-up comics but not to be interviewers. Yeah, sure. That's and fair. there's so many times I watch those shows. I don't anymore, but I always want to just go scream, hey, why don't you ask a question you actually want to know the answer to? <laughs> that would be – what a novel idea to do on a fucking talk show is you actually ask a question you want someone to answer that you would like to hear the answer to because you're interested. That's what, that's what is missing on late-night talk shows. Yeah. I'd love to see it. <laughs> but I also want to hear about, you know, 
who's a real prankster on the set, oh. how much of the movie was improv. Oh, boy. I need to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Because well, that makes did, a movie more enjoyable, knowing did, what's improv. How did your recent vacation go? What's the worst job you've ever had? Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what? Let's play on iPads. <laughs> That's, but it Let's is, play around on some iPads. It is genuinely a delight. <laughs> it's genuinely delightful to me to just watch <laughs> George Wallace and Jerry Seinfeld just do bits at each other for 20 minutes. Like How much of this is improv. Great. <laughs> How much of what you guys are did doing? Did you right not now? get a co- did you not get the size? This has actually this been on script but we're going to do another take for us. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're going to go off book a little bit. Yeah, you know we try and, first of all we get our coverage. I'm going to change up that jack off glove thing a little bit. Right. Yeah. Well, that's so funny you said that Jordan because people are constantly uh, it was one of the banes of my talking to people after shows they would always want to know how much you're improving. Sure. And I'm like, what the f- difference is it, right? And it's exactly what you just said. <laughs> I enjoy the movie more knowing it's been improv. Right. I didn't think I liked that joke, but if I knew that they had made it up on this, and now I like it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's very. That's why that really struck. That's, you're the- <laughs> that's funny to me. Anyway. I love that comedians in cars getting coffee. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it every time. Okay. Every time I enjoy movie? it. Did you see the movie he made called Comedian? I did see the movie he made yeah. called Comedian. I thought that was excellent. 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 I saw it done a dozen times. I would enjoy watching like a Colin Quinn or a Chris Rock talk about anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much. There's. I can't think of a topic that I wouldn't enjoy hearing one of those two people yeah. all talk about. Colin Quinn did the uh, director's uh, – what do they call that? What they the t- commentary track? Yeah, the commentary track. He did it with Jerry on the – Comedian. What did he have to say? He had a lot of funny things to say. He's a funny man. He's a funny guy. I like him. He's a very funny guy. Was a very was not the best choice for weekend update. No, but a really really funny guy. Sure. Well, yeah, you know, it seemed like he was struggling to read the words and say them at the same that's time. It's true. like, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's not his skill. His skill is to just talk extemporaneously, maybe. But uh, yeah, kind of really, it was it was almost Al Sharptonish sometimes. <laughs> okay. Look, done. We've done our we've done our time here. Uh, listen to Jimmy's program, the Jimmy Dore Show. Uh, go to the bookstore, buy a copy of Jimmy's book. Your country is just not that into you. Yes. How many times does Jimmy Dore write a book? This is the first time. Yeah. So you may never have another opportunity like this again <laughs> if sales continue as they have been. <laughs> That's not true. Best-selling book. Thank you. What best-seller list did you? It was uh, number number two in uh, political humor books on Amazon. Hey. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, thank you very much. I was very proud. After Rush Limbaugh's A Big Fat Idiot, which has been <laughs> number one for 15 years now. Because actually Adam Carolla's book was number one. Oh. Well, I get it. He's got a big listenership. Sure. Yeah, people like Adam Carolla. Mm-hmm. He's funny. Sure. Funny guy. He's all, he's very nice to me. He's been very nice to us, too. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> been very nice to me. He got me on Jimmy Kimmel. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I love the guy. Yeah, good work. Good work, Adam Carolla, in those areas. Mm. And many other areas. Uh, he's, 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 you know, his politics aren't uh, always thought out. That's a good way of characterizing it, I mm, think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Decent guy, sometimes ill-considered. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, there we go. Great show. Jordan Jesse Go, our producer Brian Fernandez, our theme music Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design, and our friends at Light in the Attic Records from Kites Are Fun, the best of The Free Design 
If you want to advertise on Jordan Jesse, go email Teresa at MaximumFun.org or get up on the Jumbotron at MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. If you want to call us, 206-984-4FUN, JJGO at MaximumFun.org. Talk about this program on our forum, forum.MaximumFun.org, on our Facebook page. Just search for Jordan Jesse, go on Facebook. On the Maximum Fun Reddit, MaximumFun.reddit.com. That's been very lively. Tons of fun. We're in 50, 75 discussion topics. Get over there to the Reddit. It's a hoot. A lot of, lot of fun over there. Um, CEO of Reddit recently quit after a dispute about their new office's lease. What? <laughs> really? Sounds fun. Reddit is a well-oiled machine. <laughs> well-oiled machine. That sounds like a silly reason to quit. Well, you know, I mean, he thought about it. He decided that Reddit possibly harboring child pornographers was okay. But this office lease thing. <laughs> and what about all those cars being indiscriminately fucked by dragons? <laughs> yeah. He was cool with the cars getting fucked by dragons, subreddit. <laughs> but not comfortable with. Did you see that there's somebody posted that there's a new Reddit for uh, cars fucking dragons? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Finally. Turnabout's fair play. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah. Time um, for the dragon to get his. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next week on Jordan, Jesse, Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.